Hey, man. Welcome to the science of Pokemon, man. Talk about flower power. <laughs> the best kind of power. <laughs> you know what? I, every time I think of flower power, obviously we think of, you know, the boomers. And I just want to say, what? Uh, anyways, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the science of Pokemon. I'm Professor Collins. Today, joining me is cameraman Chris. Uh, Fisherman Don had a fish emergency. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't I didn't know that. That's why he got called away. That sounds very, very... Oh, that's what it is. Anytime, like, their tanks go, like, any bit, like... Oh, yeah. PH, okay. he gets, like, called, like, in the middle of the night and, like, has to drive out there and, like, fix it. A fish emergency. I, it's, I... A fish, it's fish emergency. <laughs> Dude, when you guys are researching, like, bizarre fish, like, everything has to be perfect. Yeah, so. that's true. Like, one little thing can cause a whole bunch of messes. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk all about uh, flowers today. And I got to say, the Pokemon world has some grass types that are clearly very feminine in nature. But man, like Digimon takes it to a whole bizarre level that I don't even think we should talk about because I don't know if it's family friendly. I mean, I don't even I don't really know Digimon, so I can't speak oh, to that. Lil- I do Lilymon and Rosemon. And uh, I-, I do know that I. I, for as creative as some of the Pokemon think, or as some of Pokemon are, I do think that these ones are kind of like, yeah, this one's a rose, or like, <laughs> this this one's this one's a lily. Like they they were, they didn't try to break the mold with these ones, but they are cool. Like there there are some really really cool Where's ones. My pansies. That, that paint. Oh, I don't even know what flower I would want, but it's like. <laughs> They're, they're, they're not trying anything, they're not trying anything, like, hyper strange, but the thing is that some of these fla- flowers are so cool and unique that they really don't have to do too much, you know? Game Freak, we're challenging you right now. A milkweed Pokemon. I would, I would do a cattail one. I think a cattail would be cool. Ooh. All right, with that said, let's cue the music. The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. All right, so we have a news sandwich for you guys today. Chris, what Pokemon news we got? Yeah, so real quick, we're going to hit the Pokemon news. They did an online vote for the upcoming Pokemon community, or Pokemon Go Community Days. And, and what the heck? I disagree a yes. little bit. Uh, but <laughs> So I was hoping for Sandshrew because to me it's like two for one. You get the Alolan shiny and the normal one. Like That's what I was pushing for, but... June twentieth. Whatever happened to like the? I thought the uh, the like community days like they were usually like really decent mons. Well, they they usually do like the starters and then like some of the cool different ones. But yeah, we had some like really cool ones like Routes or Phoebus. Yeah, and and now we're just kind of going back. Which again, I love Gen One. It's what I grew up with. But I want some of the cooler shinies from like you know Gen Four, or Gen Five. Like I want to well, see like Gen Five starters get like their community days yet. They no, they have not. Which I I want to I want an Embor. I want an Embor. Yeah, but it's nah. so. According to the vote, the community has decided that on June twentieth will be Weedle Community Day, which will have. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, like the green Beedrill is kind of cool. I'll give it that. And it'll know Drill Run, which will be fun. 
And then July, there will be uh, it'll be Ghastly, which the date's not decided, but it'll be Ghastly, which you, when you evolve will have Shadow Punch, which I play a lot in the uh, in the the Go Battle League, and I used to use Gengar a lot when Shadow Claw was still the legacy move. I'm excited to have Shadow Punch just come in and just eat shields. Uh, so we'll see if I can work him back into my rotation. Maybe if I get a good shiny one, I can shiny flex a little bit. Because I don't have any... Actually, I did get a good shiny shift tree uh, this weekend. So I have that I can go with. So in Sword and Shield, we have a couple... We have a really cool, unique things coming up. They've been doing those exclusive Pikachu, EV releases yeah. for people who didn't get them at the beginning. So we've had Pikachu yeah. and EV, and now we're getting... The long cat meowth. G Max. Which still freaks me out, but Yeah. <laughs> so I think Pikachu is the only one that's competitively viable. Probably. But if you want to get that long cat and you missed out on it in the beginning, make sure you do some raiding. Or or join us for our raid nights because we're going to be going after them when when they go live. Yeah, that is Friday this week, which is May 29th. Yeah, because Saturday's the 30th. Yeah, so Friday the 29th we'll have raid night if you want to come jump in and get your Meowth. Get that really, really long cat. The, the cat that is, it's like cat dog, but without the dog part. all right so what Uh, else we got we got a couple uh, other things right yeah so we they actually it's a i think it's a pretty cool mystery gift i'll call it an event but it basically four weeks yeah for starting on may 22nd weekly they're going to be doing gifts through the mystery gift system with some of the exclusive mons so may 22nd galarian mr mime 29th galarian ponyta june 5th galarian corsola and then june 12th Galarian Meowth. And what's cool about it is they will all have their hidden abilities. So And they come with items. And they come with items. So Mime has the ice body ability, etc, etc. The items that come with Corsola are all the evolution, the special evolution ones. So yes. Sweet Apple, Tart Apple, the pots yes. for Sinisty, all that. And then, and then you get like a ton of candies. Oh yeah. Uh, they You get a hundred... Lar- large, uh, large experience and 50 big nuggets which i think they're yes. just trying to pump people up for the expansion that's dropping at the end of june like they want yes. you to be able to level stuff up have lots of money and yes. just go nuts in the aisle oh dude i'm so stoked so stoked yes me too uh, let's move on i know we had other stuff but we're gonna move on we got science news here too i know we don't want to get too political on the show but this is one of those things that we have to talk about so the trump administration is currently revising something somewhere around a hundred different environmental rules. And unfortunately, some of these things that they're proposing go even beyond what industry is requesting. And a lot of them go beyond what the current law says. So they're going to get challenged and beaten. This administration's had like a history of breaking down and dismantling environmental protections. So on like March 26th, for example, they made it so that they weren't going to require reporting on air emissions. And see, this is also kind of an issue, though, because pollution, especially in a pandemic, like it's a dangerous thing. Pollution is related to chronic health issues, which do worsen the effects of an airborne pandemic. So these are things that we need to be aware of. There are other things that the Trump administration has done, though, like they rolled back fuel standards from the Obama administration, which was that there was supposed to be a 5% increase in fuel economy every year going forward, and they brought down to 1.5%. I mean, this is projected to add a billion tons of CO2 by 2040. 
So there are all these things that we need to be aware of because there are consequences. You know, there's now speculation that there may be viruses that have been dormant like the 1918 Spanish flu that are frozen in the permafrost that may become thawed as the planet warms. And it's just thing to, that's really baffling because, I mean, if you don't know the history of the EPA, the EPA came from a bipartisan push. It came from Nixon. And this was after, you know, the 1969 Cuyahoga River burning, which was only one of many burnings we had our great river here. <laughs> so, you know, it's been this weird thing, though, that we've seen this anti-environmentalism start at the end of the 70s. A lot of it, though, has come from, you know, industry pushing to protect profits. I do recommend, and I've said them on the show before, the Drilled Podcast. They, they investigate uh, funding structures, you know, that are pushing against environmental policy. That's a pretty awesome show to check out. This whole anti-regulatory thing came out of like the Reagan administration when he shifted, you know, the party to become anti-regulation. And now we're seeing this huge shift with, with Trumpism where things like the Tongass National Forest, they're going to allow more logging or he removed the Bush era efficacy requirements for light bulbs. I mean, what a bizarre thing to go back on. You know, there's proposals to remove to streamline the process for approval for major infrastructure projects like pipelines, meaning that they would go through no vetting. There would be no hearings, nothing. And it it's just this is this has been a 50 year policy. <laughs> so it's odd to see some of these things that are being undone. They diverted water in California to farmers. You know, changing that policy, which is going to hurt endangered animals. They have weakened, you know, clean energy rule, which is really baffling at the same point because coal isn't just hurting because of these regulations. I mean, the regulations, economists have calculated it. Like the regulations aren't the thing hurting coal. It's the actual free market is hurting coal because there are cheaper energy sources now and renewables are becoming cheaper. It's just, it's bizarre. Some of these things like weakening the Endangered Species Act. So like typically when there's an animal that is going to be added, they look at the science. So they look at like the function the animal has in the ecosystem, you know, the threat level. Now what they're doing is they're ignoring that and they're judging the economic opportunity as kind of like a primary thing. I mean, they're still looking at those other things, but they're not as important now. And the other big thing is that, or the other big policy change they're having is now the threat to the animal has to be current. It has to be short term. So like polar bears under the proposed changes wouldn't even be an endangered species. Like it's bizarre. Some of these things are just bizarre. You know, expanding offshore drilling and rolling roll back on, you know, protections for offshore drilling. There's a lot of deregulation happening in the Trump era and the Trump administration that is going to impact us for decades. And I'm not saying this to be partisan. I'm saying this because we are a science podcast and I feel like you guys should be aware of these things. You know, another big one that came out earlier this year was that they reduced the number of U.S. waterways. They get federal protection, which essentially allows more waterways to have uh, pollutants in it. They expanded the lease of public lands for oil and gas drilling. It's just all these things that no one... I mean, here's another one that no one even asked for. They rolled back on mercury controls from power plant. The industry doesn't even want that. And they rolled back regulations on mercury control, literally saying that you can put mercury in the air, which is terrifying. So it's just a thing that that's really scary. I do want to note, though, here's the other big thing is that these all get challenged in court and the Natural Resource Defense Council actually wins 90% of their cases. So in the end, this just ends up costing us taxpayers a lot of money, which is frustrating and annoying. But you know, on top of this, I do want to point out that he has been very clear, Trump, 
that he wants the next COVID relief package to include stuff for oil and gas industry. So it's just, we're living in a very bizarre time and all of these things are going to have decade-long impacts. And I'm not saying all these things to be partisan. I'm not trying to be hyper-political, but you guys need to know and need to think about it. So yeah, uh, that said, I have other happy news. We just finished our first uh, uh, charity event for the summer 2020 charity series. We finished the first two. We raised $850 that night. That was awesome. Woo. Um, yeah, great. We have more coming up this Saturday on May 30th. We have a trivia stream, which Fisherman Don's going to be there. And you can pay for him to take a shot, making it harder for him to play. He's not the only podcast host doing this rule, but he is the guy from our show coming and doing this rule. So please come sh- show up and donate. As if, I he, wanna... He's just taking shots and he's like, yeah, whatever charity. Well, that, that, yeah, that's it. That, that's exactly it. There's a certain, like you can buy shots. We'll have it on the incentive page. You can buy, you can like quote unquote, buy a drink. <laughs> and that's how it's going to work is that certain podcast hosts have agreed to do this. And I'll have the full list probably by the end of the day tomorrow of which, which people are actually going to do it. Not everyone wants to, which is fine. We respect that. But Don was really excited. <laughs> so, I think it's going to be a great night. That's going to be fun. And then on June 6th, we have a picture night where there's going to be several different podcasts. I'll be hosting it. And they'll be competing against each other. So come watch that. That's going to be another charity event where you guys can come donate and win prizes. I literally have to like go mail some like 24 prizes tomorrow. <laughs> we have a lot to give out. Yeah, we got a lot to give out. Uh, and then June 13th is going to be amazing. June 13th, I'm calling Pokey Pub Trivia. What this is going to be is listeners get to come play trivia instead of podcast hosts. And it's going to be like a bar style trivia night where you come with a team and you play online you have to like donate to play and the winning teams get prizes just like you would get like any other like bar or pub trivia. Okay. I'm excited. Cause these, we're all, gonna have, these, all, these all sound like a lot of fun. Like we had so much fun Saturday too. That's what I'm telling you. Like these are fun. Um, the fact, the fact is that we've had so many podcast hosts, literally all except three that I reached out to have gotten back to us and like have joined in on the cause. So I've been so happy with the response. And then everyone who's shown up is having a good time. So you guys, you know, show up, show up, show up. I love you all. Please show up. I want to see you guys, uh, you know, especially, especially this, this Saturday, if you can. (laughs) It's a great community. I've been happy. I've been happy to see all of the, you know, in the podcasters get along too. Cause I know sometimes people doing this kind of stuff have ego and it's nice to see people be like, yeah, man, we're doing a good cause. Why not? Like to see so many people, not just like one or two shows, but to see like, I mean, there's probably like 18 shows at least in, in on this. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, a lot of different people. So it's nice to see so many people come together and say, yeah, like, this is we all believe in this. So, yeah, you guys come check it out. Let's move on and talk about plan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we're back here today with Jared. Uh, I'm so excited. We're going to talk again about some plants and grass type Pokemon. So this episode, though, as you can see by the title, we're going to be looking at flowers. And I'm not going to lie flowers hold a special place in my heart so i'm excited for this episode um i mean so who doesn't love flowers well my uh yeah yeah all of my uh <laughs> all of my uh, evs are named after flowers oh that's interesting <laughs> i've been doing it since i was a kid the first one just named flower which is stupid as shit <laughs> I mean, how old were you when the first one came out? That that probably tracks. 
Yeah, ten. <laughs> Flower. <laughs> but you know, now I got lotus and, and lilac and uh bellflower. Your flower repertoire has matured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dragon snap, that's coming next. Come on, we need a dragon Eevee. <laughs> all right, Jared. Jared, how are you? I'm doing all right, Matt. Getting through hey, everything th- right now. Again, I graduated. Yeah. So oh, oh congrats. Yeah, I, congrats. I, I feel like a terrible, terrible friend. I didn't know that. Yes, I got my master's degree. I just finished that. Well, congratulations, man. Awesome. What's uh what's what's next on the horizon? Hopefully a PhD at University of Idaho. So just moving not that far away. Ah, uh, but then you gotta go to Idaho. It's it's not that bad. I mean you're in a pretty hip state right now. I'm just saying. I live on the other side of Washington, so I'm not on the the hip side, got the it. hip hip side. I'm on the agricultural side. Got it. So you, you're close enough, anyways. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we brought you back here though, because we're going to talk all about plants, and I know that is the like the love of your life. So we're going to talk about flowers, though. So I have to ask, like I'm telling you, man, I feel like I feel like Harry Carey and those Will Ferrell sketches on on old '90s SNL, asking really ridiculous questions. Uh, what are flowers? So flowers, in the most basic sense, they're actually a reproductive structure. So they're actually so they're found in plants, of course, and they help um, facilitate the union of a sperm and an egg. Pretty much, they have their with the different parts of the flower. They have petals, of course, you all know that pistils, which is all the female parts, and the stamens. And what the main goal is that the uh, flower is just there to help with pollination help the gam- um, gametophytes so your sperm and egg grow. That's pretty much the main purpose of a flower, besides being really showy. Okay, you know, uh, I don't know if you if you ever saw this. You probably, you were, both of you guys were probably too young. Uh, Bill Oakley and Joshua Weinstein made a, uh, a show, um, I'm trying to think of when it was. It would have been like early 2000s? No, 99. Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, it, was a, it was only on for one season, but there was a show called Mission Hill. And it was on Adult Swim for a couple of years, and I loved this show. And there, there's an episode where the younger brother has a date with this really weird nerdy girl, and he gives her flowers, and she goes, "Ew, flowers are the sex organs of plants. What are you insinuating?" <laughs> That's beautiful, actually. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's good. <laughs> See, like these hidden gems that you find that you're like. What happened to this brilliant show? I mean, like it was—it was a good show. Anyways, so, so that's what flowers are. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess then, what purpose do they serve? So it's kind of that same. What the flowers are and what they serve are pretty much the exact same thing. They serve to facilitate reproduction. So, okay. Of course, they're really pretty. They have a really cool. A lot of them have like scents. We'll talk about it later on with some like the aromas that they can put off, either pleasant or unpleasant. And their goal is to actually be able to attract pollinators to them so that they can actually be reproduced. And then, of course, their genes passed on to further generations. Get over here and do all the hard work for me. Pretty much. Yeah. I I dated a girl like that once. (laughs) uh, Flip side, Jared, what would a plant do if it didn't flower? So with other flowering plants, so, of course, angiosperms are flowering plants. And then you have things such as gymnosperms. And then your mosses, your ferns, algae, stuff like that. So what they do instead is they just have their pollen on the system. And most of the time, they're just hoping for like wind pollination or animals to bring 
something close to it so you can get pollinated that way, or they self-pollinate themselves. Flowers are mostly are mainly used for plants that need uh, sexual reproduction. Other plants can reproduce asexually, so they don't need a flower in that case. See, and like I, I guess so. Maybe this is difference with plants. Like in the animal kingdom, when you're like reproducing asexually, from my understanding, you know, it, it makes your genetics uh, more susceptible, right? Because you're not your, your mm-hmm. gene pool is not as diverse. Is it the same thing with plants then? Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing with plants. Okay. Um, <laughs> is that like why bananas are like being wiped out? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why plants get wiped out. But yeah, it's a lot uh, of it is to do with pests that just they don't have the genetics that are capable of uh, dealing with it. So it's, this is like how it helps them survive because essentially yeah. it's the changing of the genes. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so then how are flowers then like helpful to animals? So flowers are helpful animals. So the first thing they do is they produce nectar. Flowers produce nectar from um, these special glands, the nectarine glands is what they're called. And what they do is it produces a sugar-rich liquid, which helps feed insects, birds, and bats. And if you're on the internet and to people listening to this eventually, um, the bee orchid is something really cool to look at. So it actually mimics a female bee. So males will try to go mate with it. And in the end, they actually pollinate it instead. So it catfishes them. Pretty much. (laughs) Yes, it pretty much catfishes male bees to pollinate it. It's like, surprise, I'm not a bee, but you're already here. Yeah. And then on the action, then with other animals, so deer and rabbits eat lots of flowers. And then, of course, humans, we eat flowers as well. Yeah, but they don't taste as good. Oh, we use like rose water. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, Okay, so then what do flowers have to do with fruit? Because I know they're related, right? Yes. So the fruit, so when a flower gets fertilized, an ovary gets, the ovum gets fertilized. The ovary is actually what forms into the fruit. Or if this process called double fertilization happens, you have it's two sperm. One um, combines with the ovary with the ovum, and the other one combines with the ovary around it and forms the endosperm. And the zygote, the sperm and the egg form the seed, and then everything else around it forms the fruit. Okay. So what the fruit? So pretty much a fruit is a ripened ovary of a seed-bearing plant. Is what I would call to describe it. And what they're used for is they're used for storage um, for the seeds. They can also be used as a food source. And they have some really cool facts about fruit that either freaks people out or impresses them. I mean, you have to share some. So, (laughs) So the endosperm is actually starchy. So if you think of wheat, flour. So the endosperm of wheat is actually the flour that gets ground up and made into bread. And barley endosperm is the main source of sugar for beer. Oh, got it. So you said that the fruit was um, a potential food source. Does it also help with, like, spreading of the seeds? Like, uh, animals come eat it, spread the seeds. Animals come and eat it, and then they digest it, and then they excrete it out. It helps with spreading it. I remember some things from school. Okay. All right, well, that's good. Let's move on and talk about some Pokemon. All right. All right, so let's get to the juice, the meat, the fruit. <laughs> uh, bad jokes. Uh, let's talk about those, some of the Pokemon. Let's move on to Roselia. So Roselia is based on a rose, I'm, I, I, you know, I would assume, correct? Yeah, so they're based on rose bushes, hence the name makes the most sense. Yes. And appearance. It's, I don't think they tried too hard with that one. No, right, no, they so did not. Can, so, so what can you tell us about then, like, roses? So roses 
just talk about where they're from originally. So they're actually, most of them are native to Asia. However, you can still find some native species in Europe, North America, and Africa. Most of the time, they're grown as ornamentals. They're for beauty and cultural significances. Okay. Do they not? I mean, because it's not like they produce fruit or anything. Yeah. They, they produce a fruit that's not useful. Oh, wait, for real? Yeah, so they do pr- produce small, like, small, tiny little fruits. Oh, but I most I think, I think most of our cultivars and varieties that we grow, we just don't have them producing it. Does anything eat that fruit? Like any animals? Yeah. Oh, so no, it's just that it's... I know of. All right. <laughs> I mean, something has, to, something has to eat it, though. They're trying. <laughs> Try. Well, first, they got to get past that. 10,000 years famous... we've been trying. <laughs> they got to get past that famous defense of theirs. Every rose well, has a thorn. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's been the reason I don't grow them or know much about them because I don't. So. Botanically speaking, they're not actually thorns. Okay. Oh. So the the great song "Every Rose Has Its Thorn" is wrong. It's "Every Rose Has a Prickle." So <laughs> that that, that does not work <laughs> lyrically at all. Poison, poison. I'm gonna give them this one, but scientifically, they're wrong. <laughs> so prickle. Every rose has a prickle. <laughs> so prickles are actually the extensions of the epidermis, so okay. the outer part of the plant. So that's what roses have. If you want to think of a thorn, you got to think of a citrus fruit, a citrus tree. They have okay. like modified branches or stems that are super shiny, uh, pointy. Yeah. Those are actually thorns. So are like thorns straight and prickles are like curved? Because roses are like kind of curved, aren't they? They're like little hooks. Yeah, they're yeah, like little, little hooks, hooks, but you can also have straight prickles as well. Oh, all right. Let's see. There goes my there goes my hypothesis. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well um, I I have one question about this though, Jared, which is why would Roselia also be a poison? Because I, I mean, to my knowledge, we we eat, eat them. Rose. Oh, we do <laughs> like, eat them. Or like rose water and stuff. Like it's. Oh. You know, like what, yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, 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 yeah, French cuisine. Yeah. Where's, where's? Do you have any ideas where that that poison typing would come from? Um, no, because yeah, because we do eat them. <laughs> um, maybe game people just like ah, so grass poison. They can upset your pet stomachs. <laughs> they can cause like oh, gastro you- problems in some animals, but not say, really certain animals that else. don't eat them. I thought right. Yeah. Okay. But are, are, are those one of the ones that like deer won't eat? I think so. Okay, that's what I thought too. I was gonna say we have Ohio is like the state of deer. <laughs> like all I have is 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 deer everywhere. I'm from Pennsylvania. I know I know the feeling. Okay, well, um, huh. So they're a little bit different. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's very interesting. It's not it's not thorns. Man, that's really that's really bugging me now. So like what what's the difference? Like I really I'm really missing what's the difference here because like is there so it's, it's prickles. Or thorns, then, are the, are the types? So there's thorns, spines, and prickles are the okay, three. Okay, now, now you lost me because there's three. <laughs> there's three. So so prickles, say, with the plant. So think of a – for a thorn, think of a – like what a stem, like a stem or a branch of like a tree or something like that. Okay. That's what would be considered a thorn if it was like sharp and pointy. So it's it operates like a stem. Yeah. A prickle so there's, there's like is water. Ex- there's like water like flowing through it. Then yeah, there's still like it still works. Okay. With a prickle, what it is is it's just an ex- extension of the epidermis. So if you were humans, our like our hair on our skin would be like a prickle for a rose. Okay. Huh. It's kind of an easier way of like how I would think about it. So then, what are spines? Spines. They're actually modified leaves. Okay. Oh, okay. 
Now you're now, wow. Okay, <laughs> try to understand this here. I am not a plant guy. So trust so, me, when like, I took botany, it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is crazy because then you have like you have all these thousands of kinds of plants that have developed in a similar time span or or, or, or operate in the same eon or epoch, mm-hmm. the same types of defenses, but they come from different parts of the plant. Yeah, they come well. They come from different evolutionary tracks. Then yes. We talked about this with um, with Lydia when she was here. We talked about uh, with with butterflies and moths, how they, despite being like so similar, they're evolutionary, like totally different families. And we well, got to realize with flowering plants themselves, they've been around for 140 million years. Well, is no, what we I, know. I get that. I think I think my point was more of because like even I think of um, I don't know if you know anything about the. Um, tasmanian tiger yeah yeah where it looks it i mean it looks it's got like a tiger stripe but it's a marsupial mm-hmm. and it looks like a dog <laughs> so like yeah. it, it's one of those things that like interests me because what it, what it says to me then is that perhaps there is like so perhaps there is a quantifiable way to determine what traits are actually most beneficial mm-hmm. like what traits are are, are are most supportive to an animal or plant's survival but then it just says that, like, over time and error, that all things will come to the same solution. Mm-hmm. So that just, I mean, that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Well, just like thinking about the purpose of, like, a prickle and a thorn, they serve similar purposes. They both are for defense. They're both yeah, for yeah. the process of just roses have sweet scents. Citrus trees have sweet scents, immature ones especially, because um, they're younger and they're easier to get um, eaten. But it's for defense. It's just that you can... A prickle, you can, it's easier to remove, and it's just the ep, on the epidermis, and a thorn is just a, a stem or a branch. No, it's, just, it's very interesting. The, the thought that all all life has similar trajectories for what is most optimized for survival. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we go down different paths, but we all end up with the same answer, essentially. I like that. That's cool. All right, so let's talk about sunflora. That is a sunflower? It is a sunflower, and it's okay. um, Helianthus and annuus is the um, scientific name. It's the Japanese variety. Oh, are those up? Uh, okay, so what makes them different than the ones I see? They're the same. Oh, okay. The same as, okay. I mean, so, now sunflower is kind of short, though, isn't it? I, I just looked it up. It's two feet tall, because it always bothered me that sunflowers are supposed to be, are like six to ten feet, and sunflower so, yeah. is so small. So sunflowers can reach up to 9.8 feet tall. However, the tallest actually was Japan. I got the wrong. So the sunflower based in the game is from America. That's where they were first domesticated. In the tallest sunflower ever recorded, though, is from Japan. It was 30.1 feet tall. That was a fair winner. It won at the (laughs) local fair. I think they ended, they retired the competition after that one. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much probably had to. Well, so yeah, I was gonna say like I know they're huge. My ex, uh, my my ex, her parents live. Uh, uh, they live down the street. Actually, that's why we bought the house in this neighborhood so that Lai could be close to her family at all times. And I remember one summer they grew sunflowers, and they were like eight feet tall. Man, they were huge. Yeah, we grow them here. They tower over me, and I'm six foot tall. Okay, so. So, like, why why are sunflowers such a, like, a big deal then? So, we domesticated them, and when they got over to Europe, they got used for sunflower oil. People love sunflower oil when they cook. I mean, it's not as good as sesame oil, but okay. Yeah, and then also just pretty-wise, they look great. They're a great cover crop. Give your field a break agriculturally. That's why we grow them. And aesthetically, they look 
really pleasing. I mean, they're they're aesthetically pleasing until they die. Then they look they look sadder than just about any other like dead plant. Oh yeah, they look absolutely awful when they die. So what makes like sunflowers so special then? Besides that, so what sunflowers? I think the special part about sunflowers is just for a lot of people they're just really pretty. They're just we just domesticated them and just wanted them so around so we could grow them. There's something to do. I would get say. Really, there's not much special about sunflowers. They're just now grown all over the world, in Japan, all over the place, and just used for cooking purposes. Okay. Well, I know in the in the game it says that sunflora follows the sun rays. Does is does that translate into the real so, world? Yes and no. Yes, in immature plants, in immature sunflowers, so they're heliotropic. Immature plants will track the sun. When they are mature, though, however, they are fixed. The flower heads are fixed, and they point east most of the time. Any particular reason they point east? Just um, I think it's where just where the plant, how they're planted, normally is where they point east. I think it's just kind of where it stops. I mean, I guess um, the sun rises in the east, so they're like, yeah. hey, get the get the rays first thing in the morning. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it true that uh, if if they can't find sun and they're next to each other, that they'll turn and like grow towards facing each other? I've heard that. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I have actually never heard of that before. Like, like if they can't get the sunlight and there's like a bunch of them together, that they'll turn to each other. <laughs> that if that because they're tra- bright, they're bright, right? Because they grow, they yeah. grow looking for. If that's true, that is tragic. <laughs> and Chris, to answer your question on the um, why they grow in the east, it's because it warms them rapidly in the morning and ah. gives them the increases of pollinators. Gotcha. So they that's just. How they do it. They just they get wiser in their mature ages, and they're like, you know what? The warmest times are here. I'm just going to stay over here and not work as hard. But one of the cool things, it's not significant about sunflowers, is so what do you think? When you see a sunflower, what do you think is the actual flower? I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously not the seed part because that's a seed. So most people think of like the sunflower. They think that massive flower that everyone sees and takes pictures of is the actual flower. It's not actually the flower of a sunflower. It's a flower head, and it contains multiple um, hundreds of florets, which are actually the flowers inside of it. So a sunflower is not really a flower. It's more of a conglomerate of flowers. (laughs) Yes, it's a type of inflorescence that uh, flowers can have. Okay. On that note, let's move to another Pokemon. Tricked again by nature. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so the next one we're going to talk about, I'm actually stupid excited for, because I love this thing. It is one of my favorites. Uh, it's one of my favorite plush I have too. Uh, I, I she just got. I just rearranged all my plush because now I have so many that I have to rearrange them. <laughs> I have too many. Uh, <laughs> like I literally have like eight per generation. Uh, Lilligant, though, man, let's do it. Lilligant, I love Lilligant. I love it. She's beautiful, wonderful, competitively viable. Like, just what a great Pokemon. So Lilligant's a weird Pokemon, botanically speaking. So a Lilligant is based, so Lily is part of the name, and it is yeah. part of it is based on a Lily. So, okay. um, but it also is based on, because of its smell that it produces, is because also based on like carnations, orange, um, and pomelo flowers. Since it's kind of aromatherapy, people also like think it could be spearmint or peppermint related as well i could i could see the mint i mean the leaves yeah i could see it huh so 
tell, tell me a little bit more about it. what else what else we got to know about this thing so if you want to also first we can talk about lilies does sure. actually get the name lilligan um yeah. so lilies so it's probably from the genus lilium which is the true lilies so what we with lilies they're like extremely popular flowers there isn't really like a reason why we like we grow them mostly it's because they're just significant in like world culture they also have really nice smells relaxing smells also aromatherapeutic they're pretty they of course have significance for either like in funerals lilies can be significant their yeah. marriage love stuff like that lilies are um significant in that respect and then with lilligant kind of the cool thing about the pokemon so it's pokedex entry it is just called the flower pokemon huh. shares the same with gossifleur also has the exact same part of the pokedex so it's just called the flower pokemon hmm. but i think for lilligant it kind of makes the most sense because it is the most combination of um flowers kind of like ekans and snake like ekans is just like a generic yeah yeah okay and but also with Lilligant, the cool thing is its little he- like crown that it kind of wears on its head is like high society fashion. I think it was in like the 1700s. People would like <laughs> have like flowers in their ears and on their head and stuff like that. That's where it comes from. Well, I mean, you see it in the name too, uh, Lilligant, Elegant, Elegant. Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes sense. Jared, in I I saw in I think it was Ultra Sun. It was one of them. But it says that the fragrance of its flowers differ depending on the soil it grew up in. Obviously, in the game, this is ex- going to be exaggerated. But is that like d- does that translate at all to the real world? I don't know from soil. I know different species of lilies have, and like different species of flowers have different. Well, um, you you just said though. I mean, before we hit record here, we were talking about my my poor dying peach tree. Yeah, and, and you guys you guys talked about down by Chris there in, in your department, Chris, that mm. like, you know, they, they grow the peach trees in sand in, in your department and they're sweet. They, yeah. They, like, they, our guy yeah. said that the, the sandier soil leads to them being sweeter. Yeah. yeah. So like, couldn't that impact the smell that because you could, think you'd have like different sugars. It would be different, like different types of organic matter that could be in the soil. Okay. Um, and then it could be like, if you have a silt loam versus like a heavy clay soil, could that impact yeah. um, the nutrients that are in the soil? Would have affect the aroma. Okay, I've, I've so, never thought about I mean, that. Because it, it could impact like the sugar production, though, right? Yeah. Okay. So the answer is like, what nutrients yeah. you have in the soil. Yeah. Bust it, Chris. What's the answer? The myth is maybe. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else we need to know about Lilligant? The only thing I could think of is if you want to talk about like we kind of talk about like carnations, and I just yeah. think the really cool thing would be. Just the like aroma therapy aspect of flowers. Okay. And just like the scent. So f- flowers give off aromas. It's what helps bring in pollinators. Now you can have really good aromas, or with the next one we're going to talk about, you can have really really bad aromas, um, yeah. depending on your what the flower is. Um, Fair enough. So I just kind of thought about that. You could see with like how it is. It has all these different like citrus fruit or spearmint mint type stuff so that's why it has that really cool aroma to it well this next one we also used to own as a plush in our household it was my exes uh sorry uh all i'm man now i'm thinking about all the pokemon plush i sold after after we broke up uh we had a vile plume man i should say that though that thing is would probably be worth a ton right now um but vile plume here uh, what is this based on for those people who have not seen one? So Volaplume is and Gloom, its pre-evolution, are both based on Rafflesia, Arnaldi, or the corpse flower. 
Well, so, there are different kinds of corpse flowers, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, most of them are also. Have... No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was say the one that this one is endemic to like Borneo and Sumatra. Yeah, I was gonna say because we have. While it's not my favorite zoo, uh, Cleveland Zoo is actually still pretty good. I mean, out out of all the zoos I've been in across the country, I'd still put it in the top top twenty, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a bad zoo. Uh, but one of the cool things I have is we have a whole rainforest building. I mean, it's a huge building. And we, we have uh, South American corpse flower. Because uh-huh. we went there uh, last year. Uh, it bloomed. It was the day before we took Chloe to Disney World. So I had all three girls on my own and Haley was like one. <laughs> so I drove them and we waited in line for an hour and 10 minutes to get up there. Only for Lila to say, this flower is not very smelly, nor does it look like a flower. I am unhappy. So we have pictures of us standing there and my, my then five-year-old looks furious. <laughs> Once in a lifetime thing, you know, we get to be right near this blooming corpse flower and she just looks so angry. I honestly though, I would agree. For, so I've been around, it's the, the Titan Arum. So like the really yes. tall one. Yeah. Um, yes. And when it was blooming, I was like, you know, I was really pumped. I was like, yes, we're going to smell it. And then I get there and it, it just kind of smelled like spoiled shellfish, but like yes. really mildly. It wasn't very strong at all. <laughs> she was so angry. Well, and then we've seen the uh, the the, the uh, Rafflesia. Yeah, they have they have one at the Columbus Zoo, which is one of the top ten zoos in the country. If you ever get a chance to check it out, Gr- amazing, beautiful, gorgeous zoo, huge, massive. But they have a. Um, uh, like Borneo, Sumatra area in their park, like like, a, like that part of the world in Polynesia. And it's not a real Rafflesia, uh, but it's like a mock one that they made and it has the smell. But like, I, I, I'm always impressed every time we see it, just how huge it is. So I kind of like that Chris brought up the Titan Arum. So the Rafflesia Arnati produces, the coolest thing is, talking about flowers, it produces the largest flower on earth. Yeah. Single flower on earth. <laughs> The Titan Arum is like also produces mass a massive flower, but it's like a sunflower. It's like the sunflower head, like the flower head. It's a so multiple it's flowers multiple. inside of it. Got it. And then of course, you guys talk kind of talked about the unpleasant odor. So it's supposed to smell like like rotting flesh. Well, that's what they're afraid of. Yeah, yeah, we've smelled it. It smells awful. I see. I've never seen one. I want to eventually. Um, just to be impressed by it. The reproduction of it, like like, and they have the smell there, like you can smell it. It's it's bad. <laughs> is is the is the bad smell essentially like an evolutionary thing where they're they're like all these other nice smelling flowers are like stealing all those pollinators. <laughs> We're gonna go for the ones that like the nasty stuff. So like like it's like it's like it's like at two a.m. when you're like like you know you've had a little bit. You were out. And, you know, there's a nice restaurant there. You could go sit at that nice restaurant. But, you know, McDonald's is just calling. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it does have that rotting smell to get pollinators. And I guess it could be – I think I said it probably is an evolutionary reason of why just to bring over all the different pollinators. I don't know pollinators in Sumatra or Borneo. Well, I thought it had to do with, like, flies because they already like the smell of decaying meat. Yes. So, like, because they they are attracted to – That scent. Yeah, so the rotting I thought, scent. Yeah, I thought that's what it had to deal with. Yeah. It is so it is an evolutionary thing. It is just kind of specializing in different types of pollinators. Considering this is an extremely specialized plant. Yes. No, what else no makes meat, it Okay, they have no they have stems, no... no roots, and no chlorophyll. So pretty much what you would think for a plant to need to survive, it ha- it doesn't have. 
but it's parasitic instead. This dog has no legs, no ears, no nose, and no tail. It's, it's like um, the Monty Python, the uh, what, the Black Knight. Oh, oh there's yeah. no arms, no legs, and still surviving somehow. That's what that's what it remind. This is what it reminds me of because it, what it does instead is it attaches to this specific genus of vines that's from the grape family, and it gets its nutrients and water that way. I. That's see that's cool and it kind of makes me a little mad at the game designers because they like so clearly drew inspiration from that flower I can't say its name because I'm going to butcher it but and then they were when they were giving the abilities they could have given it something tied to the vines that you just mentioned but they're like you know what let's give it the ability chlorophyll the one thing it doesn't have yes <laughs> Uh, yeah, they could have done that a little bit better, but um, yeah, I think it's always been a cool plant that it just just does everything that a plant doesn't that a plant needs and normally a plant would need to survive. It's like, nah, I don't need it. I'm just gonna be a parasite and live off these vines. <laughs> All right, well that that's fun. I think I think we're gonna wrap it up here, my friend. Uh, I, I just want everyone to know. So for those of you who don't know, Jared here runs our our raid nights uh, for the network. You and another fan of our show, actually. You and another fan from our show. And and seriously, I love the two of you for doing that because you have saved me so many headaches. <laughs> but now Chris Chris likes to come to the raid nights, too. I know you guys have been hanging out. Yeah. No, they're, they're a lot of fun. And I, I used a lot of our raid nights to kind of get my stuff together for actually the uh, – the did you, I guess, did, tournament? did you do it? Yeah. I, did you do I, the international? It was the first time I have ever tried competitive Pokemon. All right. Thanks, Jared. Jared, you're wonderful. Um, we can't wait to hear you back here again and tell us all about your PhD program, my friend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, as always. Yep, we'll talk to you again. All Thanks, right. Jared. No problem. Well, that was a fun episode. It's always great to have Jared back. Chris, thank you so much for coming on, man. Oh, of course. This is my first time talking with Jared, and he's he does a great job running those raid nights, uh, and and he knows his stuff about plants. So he's I a- love having him around. He's just he's a, and he's a nice like he is genuinely a good person. Yeah, I genuinely think I can say that about all of the guest hosts we have who will be like joining us periodically like will lydia and jared like like i genuinely think that they are all good people yeah and it's nice it's it's good to work with good people i think i think we need more good people so it can never have an, i don't think you can have enough good people <laughs> yes and i as i always say there's a difference between good and nice so that is the key difference i try to teach my daughters all the time <laughs> anyways with that said uh this was a great time uh, for those of you who, who are new, please find us on Facebook, uh, Pokey Science, or on Twitter, Pokemon Science, or you just search Science Pokemon, you'll find us either way. <laughs> you can also uh, f- find us on any podcasting source that you listen to, and tell your friends that too. So please, if all of you tell one friend, the size of the show doubles. Math. <laughs> Math. <laughs> no, seriously, so helpful, so useful. And we need that. And I just want to thank all the Patreon fans and supporters. Uh, There will be new content exclusive to you this month. We did record an extra segment here with Jared. That will be uploaded on Patreon after this episode drops. And I'm working with Dr. Horton to record a whole episode on epigenetics and why the incense items could actually work. Oh, fancy. 
Yeah, yeah. There's actual like real world examples where things like that can happen. So we're going to talk about that, and that'll be cool. So thank you so much, Chris. It's always nice. I, like I haven't gotten to hang out with you in so long, and it's been nice. Uh, for those of you who have not, they are Facebook. Are they will be on the Facebook page when this episode drops? All of Chris's the first three videos. Uh, we aired them. We premiered them on the charity stream. And everyone loved them. Nice. I'm we glad got, we, I'm got, glad they were we got a bunch them. of donations when your videos came on because I refused to show the Snom one until we got more <laughs> donations. And then they just popped in. <laughs> everyone loves Snom. Oh, my God. That's all I had to say. I said, guys, I'm not airing Snom until I get some more donations. <laughs> you got to play to the crowd, right? <laughs> it worked. It worked. It was great. It was great. I mean, that, that's how you do it. That's how you raise money. You hold hostage. <laughs> All right, buddy. It was great. I'll uh, I'll see you around, and I can't wait to see your next video. What are what, what, what videos coming next? I'm actually I'm going to be talking with Jared some more, but I am wanting to pull one out of left field and, and do Carnivine. No, go ahead. We already talked about it before. Pull it in. Bring oh, okay. it back. I I love when they overlap. Let's do it. I just need Jared to give me give me some guidance on the on the plan. So. <laughs> yeah he's he's a helpful guy hi everyone thank you so very much for listening i appreciate your time and energy and please come check out these charity events i i I, if you support the spirit of the things that lucas and i have been trying to do for all these years and i know we're getting close to that third year mark um but please like these charity events are are really important to lucas and i that's why we started this part of the reason we started our own network is we wanted an organization that did good things So, you know, these are a big deal to me and we put a lot of time and energy into preparing this so that you guys can come have a good day and a good time. So turn out, we'll see you guys at trivia nights, hopefully, especially Pokepup trivia. You guys are going to have fun. It'll be great. Uh, And seriously, watch me stump uh, all these podcasters with uh, videos of animals and asking them to identify the Pokemon. (laughs) That'll be that. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be so great. I, I I got some of those for this Friday. I got like animals and plants and they're going to tell me what actual Pokemon it is. Do the, do the Mata Mata turtle and, and Turtonator. That's still my favorite. I'll keep it on my list. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye.